Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. No, we're going to forge ahead. We're going to forge ahead. It's great. Say that again, because you lived in China, and <laughs> you could, you're the only one that I know that looks like you that could say that properly. I will ignore the racial undertones of that comment and say thank you. Uh, her name is pronounced Chinwen Zheng. Ch sound is how you pronounce a Q in Chinese, and Zheng is the J sound that accompanies a Z and an H. I lived in Beijing for a little while, and I am re trying to relearn my Mandarin on Duolingo because it's fun. Oh, but um, good. I would say that um, It's very beautiful to watch her tennis because she hits really smooth. She's only 20. And she and Iga Sviantek had an incredible match at the French Open this yep. year where Chinwan was the only person who took a set off of Iga. And so I've been pretty pumped about watching these two play each other because they're both young and they're both up and coming. And, yeah. you know. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Iga handles it because, look, you know, after the U.S. Open, you're tapped. And especially for her, having won the U.S. Open, sure. having had the year that she's had. You can't. This is what's so hard about being a tennis player is that it is a year-long slog. Yeah. And, you know, currently she's obviously, she just played a tournament in the Czech Republic. She lost in a very, very, very good tight match with uh, Krijikova. And kudos to Krijikova, like way to go. She's had a rough year, but we'll get into that after this. But, you know, to, to lose that match, I know she wasn't feeling that great last week, like uh, physically, like uh, she, I think she had a cold. Um, and then to get on a plane immediately after that match and fly, you know, a long way from Europe to, to California to play outside. So this is it. I know it's Thursday. She's had four days, three days to adjust, but three days is not a lot, and especially if you're not 100%. And you know you've played a lot of tennis, so this is not going to be an easy match. Obviously, by the time we put this part out, we'll know the the victor yeah. of this match. But I wouldn't be surprised if she if Iga does not win this match, even though um, Jang is is a lucky loser. She lost in the qualies, but that just shows you the depth of women's tennis. Is that you know this is not a given 
you, you know, if the number one player and the dominant number one player in the world was playing a lucky loser, you'd be like, this is easy. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this is not going to be easy. So For that sure. just shows you the depth that, that not only does the San Diego tournament have, but women's tennis in general. For sure. This late season swing is super, super, super exciting. Yeah. You know, I was eagerly waiting for this match to come on all day because I really... Um, you really were. I was. Like, texted me this morning. I know. You're I'm, like, I'm desperate to see this. I'm like, I'm watching the generally 12, uh, six, like... <laughs> <laughs> the insurrection yeah. trials. Yeah. Um, the Nuremberg, uh, the Nuremberg trials. I love watching tennis outside. I watched a lot of men's tennis this morning in anticipation of this as I did some work and was on some calls. And, you know, it's cool to see some of the indoor court color schemes i'm looking at giron spain in particular they did a good job but like indoor tennis you know it men's tennis is in florence right now it's in sweden it's you know yeah, it's all over the women it's all are in cluj the women indoors. are in cluj indoors but this this little swing here it's nice. we have san diego the first time san diego's had a wta tournament in a long finally. time finally it was literally one of my it was close to my place the favorite place to play. Well, also San Diego is a hotbed of tennis. Tennis. Southern uh, California is a no-brainer. Great, great, um, you know, fans there. Yeah. Great, and they love the doubles there. I always had such, you know, a lot of people come and watch. I mean, these pa- the stands are packed right now yeah. as we watch this. It's and then great. the tour is going to go to Guadalajara for a, a one thousand, which is so cool. Yeah. And I'm so excited that Guadalajara gets um, a really, really prominent tournament. And it's going to be outside, and I've already heard some of the plans for what they're doing in the tournament. Um, you know, there's going to be mariachis, and in fact, Petra Kvitova just showed up. Might you be doing something down there? Caitlin? I wish I were. I would be dying to because I would love to throw a Mujeres and Mezcal event. Um, so get at me, sponsors. Let's do a big racket. I tell you. Shindig. I told you I went to Guadalajara last year for the WTA finals. It's the first time I'd been to Mexico, and I was like, in Me- what? Why? You've only been to Mexico the one time. Have I never come here? Mexico's the best. I know it's the best. And don't worry, I'll be trying to get back there. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to do... tough in the next year. But. 20 things in Mexico. I'm trying to do an event in Monterey. I'm trying to go to Acapulco. I'm trying to go to Mexico City and convince them to have a bigger thing. Like, I'm... My parents used to live in Mexico City. I Mexico is Has where it's Mexican. At. My Mexican is great. As a matter of fact, I was speaking Spanish yesterday, ordering some breakfast tacos, and the guy next to me was like, where did you learn Spanish? Because I... Sp- have a I studied in Spain, so I have a Spanish accent a little bit, which is the most assholey thing. If you know me, you know of course I do because I'm like I, I I'm impossibly difficult in this way. But I also speak Mexican slang because my parents use it. So like orale is like a word that you would say in like Mexican slang. It's called chilango, like spe- specifically. God, here's me. I'm just a dummy. No, you're not. You're just, just uh, I'm just got my Aussie accent, which is kind of cool. It's uh, it's a foreign language of its own. It is. Believe me, nobody can understand what the fuck you're talking about, especially when you use all of your uh, Australian aphorisms. Oh, I agree. I agree. Although I agree. you know, so, sometimes other Australians confirm that in fact you guys do say stuff like that. So I, but I do have to fact check it. Um, yeah. But anyway, I love the fact that tennis is big in Mexico. Watching Garbina win Guadalajara with all those stiff stands full of people yeah, and yeah, mariachi yeah. music. Oh, it was it's awesome. like bring tennis to places that are pumped to get it, it's, that it are going to awesome. localize the experience for the fans. And by the way, does it hurt that they have an incredible tradition of art, music, culture, food, and you know was, vibes? I, I was does like, not hurt. I can't believe I've never been. Mexico, to Mexico is the shit. I was so I was so happy to, and the people are so friggin' nice. No, there. no Mexicans They're are just the best. The best. Yes, Love my hook. yes, I agree. So I'm pumped for these this little swing, and then obviously we're gonna go into Fort Worth, where the WTA Tour Finals is being held, a new location. 
Uh, obviously, somebody like Iga is coming across to do that. Our friend, as you noted, an alumni of the pod, uh, Jessica Pagula. Jessica Pagula just qualified Good job, Jess a couple qualified. of days ago for the first time. For the very first time, she's qualifying for the WTA finals and singles, which is an incredible effort. And for those of you who don't know, it's an accumulation of points throughout the entire year. Um, and she has uh, already qualified. And sometimes it comes down literally to the last like week of the year for the last couple of spots. So the fact that she's already solidified it this early is fantastic for her. So Jess, well done. Yeah, hats Congratulations. Off. What does it mean? Fiddle. We've got a few alum that are in we there. We sure. Um, yeah. Jess. Um, I'm planning on getting Eager. You know, once she stops winning 100 matches every year, but she is has great. We've had Sabalenka. Sabalenka definitely qualified, hasn't yes, she? Yes, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. She's She was one of my favorite pod guests, mainly because she's crazy like a fox. She's I mean, great. she's she's great. I really love Sabalenka, and I'm happy to... Apparently, she has a um, secret Instagram Wow. that she announced on her really? main Instagram. So how secret could it be? I'm not oh, sure. Coco Goff. We need Coco. We yeah, don't we have Coco. Coco. Caroline Garcia, what an effort to get into the... She's close to making Yeah, Caroline's had a great year. Sabalenka's seven. But, you know, the Sabalenka... Well, Halep is eighth, and I don't think she's going to keep... She's done for the year, I yeah. believe. Let's talk about that a little bit, just because, obviously, you were at the Tour Finals last year. You were at the Tour Finals a couple of years ago in Singapore. You've coached players who've made it. Obviously, it's a ton of money, and yeah, if yeah. it's in a place like Singapore, which I love, or Guadalajara, where there's a big, cool vibe going on, that is a bonus. But what does it mean in terms of, you know, obviously you might want to win a slam before you would qualify for oh, it's up the there. tour finals, but it's it's a Oh, no, it's, it's up great. there. It's I definitely mean, up where there. Where does it rate in terms of... No, it's definitely up there. Um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I valued it a lot yeah you know when when lisa and i won it it was fantastic so yeah it does was, it feel special like it's a special invitation yeah, only like your vip like does it no no it's curtain like you did the thing it's very it special like yeah. you walk around there being like yeah we're pretty cool we made it like yeah. all of us like we've had a great year no everyone's pretty pretty ex everyone's excited to get there and trust me when i tell you the amount of choking that happens in the last like couple of weeks of a of the year of the regular season of the regular season to get into this oh, is like monumental. I mean, yeah. probably the most well, <laughs> probably the most nervous I've ever been as an older player, especially was making my last one, and mm. I made thirteen WTA finals. And the last one I made was with Lisa Raymond, and it was kind of like a, it was it was a bit of a you know full circle moment to play again with Lisa, to, which we made made like I think we made it every year that we played together like six or seven years. And then we started playing again. So to make our last one, and I remember we had to win one more match, just one match to make it into the championships. And we, we, uh, we were in China and it was like nine, it was like eight all in the match tie break or eight, seven in the match tie break up. Hmm. And I double folded twice in a oh. row. And I have, when I tell you I never double folded like that, yeah. I, I had a pretty solid serve. Well, you're also like Two six back to back. Top. I looked at Lisa after we lost the match. I said, ah, oh, fucking stop. Like, yeah, I yeah. can't, what am I doing? We ended up getting in at, in the end, but I was so nervous because I wanted to get in so badly. It was a real white knuckle. I mean, Carolina Pliskova, like a number of years ago, was up against like Sloan. It was like a Sloan Stevens, um, Carolina, um, uh, Burton's, and uh, um, um, married to Monfils. Oh my God. Elena Svitolina. Elena Svitolina. Like the four of them were going for the last like two or three spots. Yeah. And 
they just kept losing first Everybody round. Everybody just They all went to Moscow. Choking they first. all lost first round. That's it was funny. like, oh my God. And then Halep pulled out of the tournament. Yeah. And they all got in. Oh, that's so. Not, none of them even had to go to Moscow, but it is such a stressful time of yeah. the year this year. So it's really meaningful. Oh my god, yeah, deeply it's, meaningful. It's very meaningful to make this tournament. Yes, absolutely. let's talk a little bit about um, the Asia swing. Obviously, there's it's not happening anymore. Neither tour are going to Asia this fall. Mainly on the men's side, they have not taken a political stand as have the women. Um, but COVID restrictions mean there no there's no way. Uh, Are you saying where do I think it's going to go in the future? No, I'm saying talk a little bit about how, first of all, the season's too long. It just is. It is. And what is the psychology of a lot of players Uh, not going to China? It's got to be better to be having them. I mean, I'm all for tennis flexing in all different parts of the world. Like, I think that's a really cool thing. I think the fact that the tennis has been in Tokyo and in Seoul and... Um, you know, obviously is going to Mexico. Like, I think this is a great thing. And I think there should be a thoughtful distribution of tournaments and events to make the global nature of it, you know, really emphasized. I think that's cool. But I also think there's something to the fact that in China anyway, sure, the time zone seemed like it was very difficult. The time of year seems like it was very difficult because everyone seemed pretty burned out. Yeah. But also, like, you couldn't get around the fact that, despite the fact that, at least on the WTA, the fact that, these tournaments were putting up tremendous sums of money, but not tremendous amounts of people to be fans. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, it's, you know, Chinese people, and you know this, Caitlin, better than I do. They don't have money to be paying for that sort of stuff. The people are either working, the ones that have the money, are not really going to the tennis. I think that's what it is. There's plenty of money, but it's not a tradition of seeing tennis. I mean, based on the amount of people who became new drivers and owners of Audis in the short span of time that I live there would indicate that it's not an economic viability issue. It's a cultural well, tradition. They're getting so much money from different companies there, and then they want the tennis there because it gives them credibility. So, um, what is going to happen in the future there? I doubt. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if, they're ever, if the WTA will ever go back there. I mean, has anyone found Peng Shui? No, Peng Shui is definitely getting re-educated in a way that's pretty horrific and terrible. Um, So, I mean, we haven't even talked about that for how long? No, it's it's uh, pretty crazy that we haven't talked about it at all. Yeah, I mean, I think the the IOC really has a lot to answer for by giving um, China basically a pass and being like, well, they said they found her. Well, hopefully we'll never, ever, ever take an Olympics back there for a long time because, first of all, they've had way too many in the last, like, 10 years. I feel like every fucking olympics is in the is in china that's it's been over indexed that's yeah, for sure it's that and russia they can yeah. both go walk into traffic as you'd like to say uh-huh. um a little something that we i want to get out to is that we had a bit of a disappointing situation happen uh, a little over a week ago a couple of weeks ago in uh, tokyo against naomi osaka dasha gabrilova yeah. friend of the pod tora acl dasha we are thinking about you we are thinking of you. Uh, you've been through hell over the yeah. last five years. And not, not only just the last five years, like she tore her ACL at the start of her career. Ugh. And then she's torn now the other ACL. She had surgery on her foot a couple of times. She's been through, she's lost like legit, legit, easily four years out of her career, at her peak. And, you know, she went from like outside the thousands to come back this year with a protected ranking and now is now inside the top 50. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable what no, she's been she's able to do. she's made an incredible so effort sad. to get back to the level. You guys had a fantastic chat and a lot yeah. of that chat was about 
you know, mentality and staying positive and working through injury. And she's just such a joy to watch. She's yeah. so fun on so the court. Fun. She's got such a good energy, and you can just tell that she's, she's a classic. Yeah, I mean, the shit out of her mouth. She's Caitlin. just super enjoyable to be, um, you know, to be on a court watching and cheering for. And then, you know, you have to imagine that because she's such a positive, sort of bubbly personality person. Obviously, she got married in the last year. She's, you know, got the companionship of a dog. I don't particularly like dogs, but some people do. Yeah. You know, like, good. The only person that's happy about this, or the only thing that's happy about this, is Tofu, her dachshund, <laughs> who is going to be now having Dasha. Because, you know, she it, it, Tofu was pretty much a pandemic dog and had Dasha around all the time. And now all of a sudden she's yeah. gone. She's like, what the fuck? You just abandoned me. Yeah. But now she's back. And she's going to be back for... It's going to be a solid year before she's back on tour. And that's just... Uh, I'm just so sorry yeah, for her. that's brutal. It's just terrible. What um, do you think in terms of all of the players that you've seen throughout your career mm -hmm. and playing and broadcasting and coaching, who's had the worst luck? Oh, this man. has got to be up She's there. She's got to be up there. I think Del Potro. Yeah, um, for sure. For Del injuries, Potro. definitely on the guy side. Yeah. I think what happened to Dominic Team after he just started playing great tennis you yeah. know, and having that a wrist injury is really hard to come back Especially from. Especially when you hit one hand. It's just, it's just, it's just sides. such a hard injury I had yeah. myself, and it changes a lot of things in your technique. And um, I think that that's terrible for Dominic. I think that's unbelievably unlucky. But yeah, I would have to. I mean, shit, our buddy Andrea Pekovic. Yeah. I mean, she's Pe had Petko's had a lot of injuries throughout injury. her career. Right. But Dasha's got to go down to me of the current players as the most unlucky, yeah, injury prone kid I've ever been around. I mean, right. the amount of injuries she's gone through has just been unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So, so Dasha, we love you. We know. I know you like to listen to the pod sometimes. So, <laughs> and you got not a lot to do now, buddy. But, um, but hang well, in keep, there. Keep making TikToks. Hang in there. That's she's the best. She is the best. Um, All her TikTok. Let's talk a little bit about Naomi Osaka, just because she was the. Where is Naomi Osaka? Yeah. She's not even playing this week. She's not. Uh, I mean, you're worried, right? I. You think she's? I don't. It doesn't look good. It doesn't. She looks miserable and. I think based on the stuff that she's been saying and tweeting and you know listen nobody defended her more vociferously than we did yeah, when she we did. was we did. um you know sort of in a, a conflict with the French Tennis Federation and uh you know I I stand by my critique of a lot of the tennis apparatus as being dated and ossified and not in step with you know sort of the modernity of how to deal with talent. On the other hand, um, it seems like she's kind of a shell of a person and other than her many, 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 many sponsorship obligations. <laughs> that was a lot of Would many. not be even turning up much. She's not a tennis player. Is, you gotta play tennis. Or as her friend Craig likes to say, if you wanna be a tennis player, you gotta play tennis. Like, and, and there's a tournament in her backyard right now in San Diego and it's, it wasn't even a question if she was going to play it or not. It was just she's assumed just she wasn't going to. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I mean, she's got her dad now coaching her again, and she's got no coaching, and I I don't even know if I would take that on. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. I think in a lot of these cases, you really have to think about, like, you know, you as a coach, you have the experience working with a lot of different types of people, but if the desire or the love isn't there yeah what i mean do i've do never with worked with anyone that didn't want to get better yeah and they all got better because they want to get better yeah you know um 
And that has nothing to do with a coach, you know? I mean, a coach can help. There's no question about it. You can lead them and steer them in the right direction. You can say the things that can help them sure. get into that mindset. But in the end, you, it's like taking a horse to yeah, water. They gotta, they, gotta, they gotta want it. So, so I don't know what's happening here, which, which is the interesting thing about this, um, you know, Jang Xiantek match that's going on right now is that, you know, it's a set to Iga. And Iga just, I mean, her name is perfect, right? She's eager. She wants yeah, to yeah. play. She's, you know, coming from Europe. She's getting on a plane, traveling 14 yeah, she's hours. Motivated. She's, she's motivated. She's motivated to be the best player. And she's young. And let's hope she keeps that mindset because it's going to be, it's going to be a slog for the next yeah. couple of years. I mean, it's a, it's a lot, you know, I mean, I making also... 10, 20 million dollars, you know, yeah. to keep motivating yourself like that. It's not easy. That's why Serena and Roger and Rafa and Novak. You know, they've got so much respect from the tennis community. I mean, Andy, too. Andy, the Especially tennis community somebody... knows what it takes to do what they're doing. That's why they're so respected. Exactly. And, you know, I think the tennis world could and should help them out by being thoughtful about the amount of events, by being thoughtful about how much distance there is between some of these events. You know, Iga was very unhappy with the ITF for oh, scheduling yeah. some of the BJK Cup matches in Europe right after um, you know this swing in North America is is happening but I think yeah that was terrible and I think she was right to critique it but you know everybody wants to get if there was one thing I could immediately wave my magic wand and and change about tennis professional tennis anyway it would be the fact that there are seven governing bodies each of whom are good luck out in their own universe Well, I think it's just you would force some of them to be subservient to others. And then, you know, I hope more than ever that private equity comes in and buys a whole chunk of these this tournament landscape and governing bodies and makes them cooperate. It's not a great time of the year to be in Southern California. I mean, mm. they've had some pretty shitty days of rain and, you know, sort of like a, the hard, sort of like being Scotland, you know, in, in, the, in the coastal parts of San Diego, you get that sort of mist that comes in. Mm. So the weather hasn't been great. And I used to play there in July. So the weather was just absolutely ideal and perfect. So ideally it would be better to have this tournament in July. Yeah. Um, and then maybe have some indoor tournaments in the US. And that's the way we used to do it. We had Philadelphia yeah. and Chicago and God, that was such great tournaments. So and of course, we had the WTA finals at Madison Square Madison Garden. Madison Square Garden, I which know. I played. My first ever championships were there, finals, um, and I played that a couple of years. So, MSG needs to be the yeah needs to host that be major tenant. Yeah, we just got to get the sponsors. Yeah, well, uh, get on board. <coughs> uh, Bill Gates, <clears throat> AIG. Uh, oh, let's talk about okay. some of the power plays currently happening in tennis. We're hearing a lot of rumors, nothing we can confirm about the tennis channel, but it seems like things are in a major period of upheaval over there. Todd Martin is leaving the International Tennis Hall of Fame to go join Ben Navarro, the new owner of Cincinnati. This is kind of inside baseball-y stuff, but it's the stuff that I'm watching to sort of be like, huh, if there are signals being sent because of the increased popularity of tennis, both recreationally and uh, in terms of viewership, sponsorship, ticket sales, attendance, all this stuff, what a great time it might be to get some- A group together? Yeah, and get some consolidation happening in this sport where instead of getting everyone battling against each other, you had a few, uh, you know, I don't like turning on the tennis channel and hearing one voice doing a match. It fucking kills me. And it's like, I honestly would rather have nobody calling the match. There's so much to critique about the tennis channel. I mean, it's, it's, 
I mean, listen, it's a tough business, right? And it costs a lot of money to have talent call tennis matches and produce them and all of that sort of stuff. So, you know, look, I know how hard, hard it is um, to, to do that and you too, but the having the one person do on tennis channel like just absolutely oh kills. for me that's and like and, and they're putting complaints. people on there that are not experienced at all in broadcasting and so they're not giving them a great pla- they're sort of throwing them to the walls and i think it's fantastic to watch a match with no commentary i wish that was more of my option easy i'm just saying if you're except gonna, if i'm doing of course nobody would argue thank you with that but mm-hmm. i do i watched tunisia uh last week and you know not a lot of the matches not every match had I think that's great. People I'm, don't turn tennis on for the commentary. Right. And so if you're going to commentate do, a ten- tennis match, be what. really thoughtful about being additive. Yeah. Um, and I think the tennis channel, yes, it has a tough road to hoe, but I try to listen to world feeds whenever possible. <laughs> well, they're not on a great... Uh, come on. No, Some no, of no, the I, world feeds are horrendous. For sure. I, I just think, for me, there is so much room for improvement with with the product of this yes. and i think i would say that as you know about everything i think it's the fashion i think it's the, i agree i, I think agree. it's the the commentary i think it's the events i think it's the design i think the way that you know san diego got a great field their merch is embarrassing and there's not great brand equity in that space listen we'll do it for you next year but like the there's there's ways that this stuff can be so much better and i and I want it to be so that I can, you know. Did you? We we're, we've literally got the tennis channel on right now, watching this Iga Shiontek match, and she just hit the most amazing, amazing sliding it backhand like a no down back. the line. She is so fun to watch because her sliding, her ability to get around the court, and her mobility is really fun to watch. Um, this match so far has been pretty good. So, what are you saying? You're saying the future of tennis is in whose hands? We just need to find somebody who wants to be creative and. Uh, if you've got a lot of money and you've got some big ambitions. We've got something for you to buy. Yeah, well, I just think, like, so much of what we look at in this sport is defined by what's come before. And I just really want to emphasize, when you spend time outside of the world of tennis, maybe it's in, in my case, media, or in your case, uh, broadcast that's not just tennis-related. It's looking at the world in a bigger way. You spend a lot of time in the art space. You see how fast and how enthusiastically spaces are are modernizing and innovating and also <clears throat> i cannot believe how many people for example in the art world um are absolute diehard tennis fans yeah. they absolutely love tennis right. fans i mean you know like jerry salt sent me a book here it is yeah. right here sent me a book because he's become a friend of mine and he loves tennis and he watches and I go to art fairs and if Jerry, he's there... Jerry Saltz is a Pulitzer Prize winning art critic. Yes. And I there's mean... so many ways in which our world of tennis talks to and is in dialogue with these other worlds. And I wish the tennis powers that be would have a little Embraced bit more of that. imagination about yeah. embracing Embrace it. it. And, and taking lessons out of it, right? Like bring, bring the people into the sport more. I just happened to meet a gentleman who owns F1 a couple of hours ago. I know you've become friendly with. And just thinking about the innovations in the way that the sport was broadcast, the fact that all of a sudden allowing the cameras cameras and the commentary and the media and the storytelling and the documentary films and the players It'll be interesting to see how that goes right With to the, share content that netflix show. yeah i mean <clears throat> i i 
hope that tennis is looking outside of its borders and allowing a little bit more porousness based on the tennis world's reaction to racket and finally sort of accepting us as well, at least not going away. Uh, I'm encouraged that you can, by being persistent, sort of um, convince people to that change is not always scary. But I do wish it were faster and a little bit more nimble and that the same old men who were in charge of everything would, uh, <laughs> you know, make some room. Yeah, well, we're going to find out. Um, we're going to see the end of this year. Obviously, Novak won the tournament a couple of weeks ago, um, and after what happened to Wimbledon, he's, you know, climbing, great, great, getting some more points. So I think everybody that got screwed there in the point situation, that was rough on everyone. Look, the last couple of years has been tough on a lot of people with the pandemic, um, <clears throat> but tennis is healthy, very healthy. We added over 5 million people that want to play tennis in the last the couple USTA, of years. The USTA, in a study, added 5 million people many of them black and brown, in the U.S. alone, during the pandemic alone. That number dwarfs the total amount of people who play other pretend sports that are... Pickable? Well, I don't even like to use the name. It's the NFT of sports. What are we calling it? Worstminton. Worstminton. And that indicates to me that... sport ever. I got a great text from Mary Trump. (laughs) Saying what? Last week or the week before. And she does listen to our podcast. Mary. And she texted along something along the lines of, I just turned the tennis channel on and they've got fucking pickball ball on. What the fuck? Well, they're getting paid. which well, indi- I understand that. But it's which like- indicates the tennis channel might not be doing very well financially. Tennis is not great about telling its own story because if it yeah. was, we would be hearing about how it's outpacing the growth of all of the racket sports combined. And that's the sport that I play. That's the sport that we love. And that's the one that in some ways is for sale. So anybody listening to this with giant bags of money who wants to grab up a bunch of stuff that's undervalued and under-optimized. Take us out for dinner. But beloved, take us out for dinner. And that's it. And that's it. All right. On that note. You're going to go and cook some dinner for your family? I'm going to make steak. I'm going to go. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm about to get dressed. Undressed. Just an FYI for everybody. But I'm about to get changed. And I'm going to go meet my five of my oldest friends. Two of them I've been known since I was five years of age, Rosemary and, they're and still Tracy, friends with you. and we're still friends, <laughs> and they've flown all the way from Australia to New York, and we're going to have a girls' week here in New York. We're going to have loads of fun. So for everybody that likes my Twitter feeds and my Instagram shit, you might not hear from me as much on Twitter because I'm going to be She's a little busy having fun making with up my buddies. new Australian phrases to spring on us all. Yeah. All right, until next time. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. And Caitlin, you didn't come to the block party last week in Brooklyn at Bedsty, but I just want to give a huge shout out to our DJ who does the music at the start of our show, Stretch Armstrong, who was just pumping out the absolute best hip hop, R&B, rap from the 90s and it was just so much fun and it was so great and stretch i had a blast um, and you missed it caitlin but i'm sad i was cooking dinner i was cooking i was know cooking i know so stretch it was awesome Shout so out to much you. fun and i'm definitely coming to the next one mom 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.